Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our reading for today comes to us from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. If you would like to follow along in a Bible you have at home, let us listen now to God's holy word and what it says to us this day. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when he had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the time or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up, two men, suddenly, in white robes, stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come the same way as as you saw him go into heaven. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, since the beginning, humankind has had this obsession with sky, with that other big blue sphere. We've had an obsession with the sky, looking up at not just the clouds and the birds flying, but we've looked up towards the stars even, and we've dreamed what life would be like if we were not bound by gravity to live on the earth. We've been obsessed with looking up towards the heavens. You might even say that we've really bought into the dream that we can find freedom up in the air. Unless you're afraid of heights, and if you're afraid of heights, then that's a completely different story. And you can sort of substitute in what you like. But we've been so fascinated with the sky, whether it be from our early pursuits of making kites in 5 BCE in China, to creating hot air balloons, to creating gliders, gliders that could even hold people like the ones the Wright brothers built, and other modern aviation wonders. We've looked to the sky with a longing, a longing perhaps the disciples had, 
as they watched Jesus ascend into heaven, believing that something better was waiting for us beyond our life on the ground. But what if that isn't the case? What if we have our priorities mixed up, turned around? What if the answers, the hopes, the dreams we are looking for aren't found in the clouds, but they are right here in our midst, in the here and now? That might not be the answer we want to hear, but it is the answer that seems to be given in our reading for today. It seems like something we certainly need to hear in the midst of everything that is going on. As I said, we spend a lot of time looking up at the clouds, at the sky, being wondered or amazed at what flight must be like. Sometimes we find inspiration, other times we do it to daydream. Other times, perhaps, we look at the sky as a way to escape from our present realities, the realities we face. Take, for example, even the legends, the stories we tell. Old stories as well, such as the one of Daedalus and Icarus, who crafted wings meticulously out of thread and wax so that they might escape their tower prison on the island of Crete from King Minos. Of course, that didn't work out for them, did it? But jumping from tall towers with makeshift wings, either out of inspiration or trying to escape, was for a long time the only method of flight we could achieve. If you want to call jumping from a tower with wax wings flight, of course, until we better understood the principles of aerodynamics and the feeling of letting the air take you away. The disciples, I really do think, had this feeling as they looked up at the sky with a longing look, a yearning look for freedom, for liberty, for something else that they were not finding here. as they watch Jesus ascend back into heaven. But the disciples are quickly told that they're not going to find what they're looking for by looking up. That there's work ahead of them that needs to be done as it was commissioned by Jesus. Tower jumping with questionably made wings was not an option for them. It's not an option for us. Moreover, it's not, it wasn't even B- it wouldn't even be a viable way to escape from their problems. Whether it be the threat from the Roman Empire, from Caesar who was pursuing them with his corrupt power, whether it be those who labeled them as heretics, as outsiders. The voices of the men in dazzling clothing reminded the disciples, reminds us, that relief was not found up in the air wasn't found up in the air or leaping from a tower to their death, but in their striving to build a better world. That is where relief would come. You know, unfortunately, so much of our popular Christian folk uh, in our Christian culture, unfortunately, I think is so focused on the future. It's focused on the air, the sky, the heavens. We focus so much on what comes 
next. Yeah, what we do here is important, but it's about saving souls only, right? I think that kind of mentality, that kind of focus in our Christian culture has led so many to look up at the sky when tragedy happens and to shrug their shoulders, to say, eh, what can I do? Should I do anything? Should I even do anything? And so often people just carry on with their lives as if what they do now doesn't matter. Because what ultimately matters for them is what happens at the end, joining the great cloud of witnesses. I think we've seen how devastating this shift in popular contemporary Christian culture has been, how it's negatively impacted our planet, how it's negatively impacted our communities, and how it has negatively impacted ourselves. And we hear, we hear from the angels, from the voices of those who have been silenced, those who have lost their lives innocently. People of God, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? As we ask this question, as we hear this question posed to us, we stop and think, how many have to die? in order for us to work towards a resolution? How many soldiers, how many servicemen and women need to die still? How long will we continue on our path of war until we beat our swords into plowshares? How many civilians and women and, and men and innocents need to lose their lives in acts of bloodshed? How long? Or are we just going to look up at, the, up at the sky? How many children need to die until we act? How many more children need to die in addition to the one in Uvalde, Texas, Columbine, Parkside? How many more children need to die till we act, till we do something about it? Or are we going to look up to heaven, cry, lament, offer up our thoughts and our prayers, and then shrug and carry on? How many more? People of God, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? Mm. Jesus having given the Great Commission, having given the disciples a commission to spread the good news to the ends of the earth, ascended into heaven. He gives them a good word. And like usual, the word seems to go in one ear, out the other. Same for us, really. We just stand fixated up at heaven. But we forget Jesus ascended into heaven just because Jesus ascended into heaven doesn't mean we are left alone. On the contrary, Jesus left the Spirit of God to dwell inside of us, gave us a community, gave us other people who are followers, gave us a shared mission to make heaven on earth 
right here and now as co-laborers so that we can spread that message of life to the ends of the earth. As we hear Jesus talking about the disciples spreading the word to the ends of the earth, we hear something similar in our own tradition as we follow this calling from Jesus by professing what we call the great ends of the church. And the great ends of the church are this. They are the proclamation of the gospel for the salvation of humankind, the shelter, nurture, and spiritual fellowship of the children of God, the maintenance of divine worship, the preservation of truth, the promotion of social righteousness, and the exhibition of the kingdom of heaven to the world. Both this commission Jesus gave the disciples to spread the good news to the ends of the earth and our great ends of the church in our own faith tradition remind us this morning that we cannot just direct our gaze solely to the heavens. But we also need to come back down to earth and look around at the here and now. The message for us is that the ascension of Jesus was not the end of God's saving work. It was only just the beginning. Only the beginning. This Ascension Sunday, we are told that we have a chance to make new life. To make the new life of Easter something tangible in our world. That we can make it something that is able to be taste that we can taste, something that we can see. And that way, we end up shifting our perspective of looking up to the sky only as something to daydream or to escape and one of inspiration. Having been created and called by God, taught by Jesus and inspired by the Holy Spirit, the disciples do eventually go out and they spread the good word. They go back to Jerusalem, they wait, and then they go out. It's this holistic vision that allows us to look up at the sky and what is happening around us here and now. To be able to look up towards heaven, but to remember that Jesus gave us this call to also focus here. That Jesus, of course, goes to heaven, but leaves us a piece of that for us here. To make heaven on earth the kingdom of God. It's a vision that allows us to look at the world differently. You know, when asked about their early interest in flight, the Wright brothers told reporters that they simply wanted to fly for fun. They wanted to fly for fun. And to advance scientific exploration and something that would lead to peace. Good things. Flight for the Wright brothers was not a means of escape, but a way to embrace the freedom of the sky to improve life here on earth. Flight was not a means to escape. It was a means to improve ourselves and our communities. And the ascension of Jesus reminds us of that. It points us to similar goal, a similar goal of bringing about new life, the new life and hope of Easter so that all may taste and see. It reminds us of the goal that we are to look up at the heavens for inspiration. But at some point, we are going to have to come back and make heaven here on earth. I think we've all suffered 
we've all lost something. And instead of looking up and shrugging our shoulders, friends, it is certainly the time to look up at heaven and then act. So let us go. Let us go and be that new life, an embodiment of that new life and hope. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.